Okie doke. Let's get on with our message, hey? I was thinking about our Christian walk during the week and just how complicated we make it, really. It's, it's like, you know, as Christians, we seem to complicate our walk with God. Now, I don't like that. Do you like that complicated life? Sounds horrible to me. And I was thinking about it in two, two ways. One is, is um, you know, that we are saved by Christ. This is a total gift of God. It's nothing to do with us. It's nothing to do with how amazing we were when we got saved. It's to do with Jesus Christ and our faith in him. But a person who is born again, who has received the spirit of Christ, who has decided that I am a Christ follower, at some stage must make up their mind that I'm actually going to live out my faith. Is that not true? So we become a Christian, perhaps. We know that Jesus loves us. We know that we're forgiven of our sins and all those sorts of things. And it's like, yeah, this is nothing to do with me. I understand it's all about Jesus. But there are people who become a Christian and their lives never change. Or they change insignificantly. Or maybe even they change in the fact that they're like, I'm going to do all the right things right now, but they never really enjoy their life as a Christian because their heart's actually not connected with Christ. It's connected to, you know, what what I have to do to be a good Christian. Now, the truth of the matter is this, that what God wrote as laws and and as Jesus um, talked about uh, us as, as Christians going into all the world and making disciples, part of that was baptism, which we talked about before, you know, going to all the world, preach the gospel, teaching people what? To obey Christ, to actually live in obedience to Christ. That is the call of us who are Christians, is to teach others, hey, you have to obey Jesus. It's actually what we do, and, and, and so we can do, well, we can do many, many things, but one thing we can do is we can give most of our life over to him, and we can just live in disobedience still in certain areas of our life. And Isaac was talking about that this morning at communion, wasn't he? He's saying, you know what? Time to stop playing games, really. Decide, are you actually a follower of Jesus or are you not? Clearly live your life out the right way. If you're going to follow Jesus, follow him. Follow him in obedience to what he has called you to do. Don't live a life that's not what Jesus wants you to live. And, and so... If you're not careful, what you can do is totally disregard that, that Jesus actually has a lifestyle that we should live in order to re- receive, I guess, the blessing of uh, holiness and, and living righteously. And, and we can go, well, yeah, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. He's forgiven me and I'm free and I don't need to act any differently because I can't get salvation by myself, by all the good things I do. And so, therefore, it really doesn't matter. It's all about Jesus. And we're going to look at a verse today that talks about how, actually, as Christians, we're called to something called good works. It's a very strange thing because it's, it's really weird. It's sort of like, hey, you guys, you're saved not because you're so good or anything that you've done. It's not by your good works you're saved, but now you're saved, do good works. It's almost like, well, wait a minute. Uh... Didn't you just say, it's not by my good works I'm saved, but now you want me to do good works. What's going on there? There's a song that I love that, that sort of plays this out, I think, in, in life. 
as what we're meant to be as Christians. And, and I think about it like this. How different are we in how we live, how we serve and how we love compared to other people? I would say that we are called to be different. We are called to love. We are called to this, this place of good works, you know, where you know, the, the, the thing on our mind is not revenge or you know, getting my own way, but how do I actually serve? How do I use my gifts and abilities to grow the kingdom of God, but also to share the love of God to other people? And the song I'm thinking about is one, it's an old one, and it's, it's uh, I don't know, I think John Laws used to play it on his radio song, but, you know, try a little kindness, just show a little kindness. Shine your light for all the world to see. If you try a little kindness, you'll overlook the blindness of the narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded street. Hallelujah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? You know, in a world where there's so much unkindness, isn't it just lovely to receive a bit of niceness? My, my old assistant pastor used to say to me, he goes, Neil, you know what? It's nice to meet nice people. <laughs> and I was like... That's right. It's nice to be nice and it's nice to meet nice people. And it's true. So often we can complicate the way we live for Christ as though it has to be this amazingly, uh, I don't know, we'll say super spiritual because we should be super spiritual in the fact that we're walking in the spirit of Christ above and beyond the world. But, but the, the, the life of a Christian is to be marked by something called love, isn't it? You know, like, yeah, but I've got faith. I've got faith, and that's what matters. Yeah, that's true, but doesn't the Bible say that three things were going to remain at the end of time? Faith, hope, and love. And what's the greatest? Love. <laughs> Good answer. And the right answer. <laughs> love is the greatest of these things. And, and as a Christian, I guess the question that I ask myself is, am I walking in a loving way? Am I doing good works? Because when, when we think about the life of Jesus, we can see that he did good works and, and that is what stood him apart. In fact, when he was being uh, questioned by Pharisees and you know, they were accusing him of all sorts of things, he said, okay, so which one of the good works that I'm doing, which my Father in heaven asked me to do, are you trying to convict me of, basically? You're saying, look at my good works. Which one of these good works is the one that's going to be my downfall? I've been just going around doing what my father says, the good works, what my father says to do, and yet you didn't like that at all because you were all about a different way of living where it was like a strict religious life of obedience not out of heart, love for God, but out of almost pride, and I just want to look at some of those verses now. So our first passage is in Ephesians, and it's chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. And this is exactly the sort of dichotomy that I was talking about. There's two different things that, that we see in the Bible. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, 
so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So we see again these two sides. It's by grace you're saved. It's not by the good works that you've done, but guess what? Now that you're saved, you're meant to be walking in a different way. The person that you were is now dead. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You belong to him and you should be overflowing with good works around you. Now we have to always be careful that we never deny the grace of God in our salvation because there's problems if we don't. If it wasn't by grace that we are saved, we had a big problem because we'd all be doomed. We'd all be like, we'd look at ourselves and we'd say, I just possibly cannot be saved. I look at my life and my past life would just definitely say, I can't be saved. But we have already been changed by God when we were saved. But if, we, if it was good works that saved us, we couldn't be saved because sometimes we'd run out of time. Imagine, imagine a person on their deathbed and they're, they're dying and, and it's like, you need to believe in Jesus. And they said, yes, I want to believe in Jesus before I go. I get the gospel now. I understand that Jesus died for my sin. If it was by good works after we were, after, that we were saved, it'd be too late, wouldn't it? Who can possibly do good works on their deathbed? The criminal at the cross was an amazing example of that where, where Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. The thief had no time to get down and go and do some good works to make amends for what he'd done. We, we couldn't possibly be saved if it was by our good works because the Bible said that if we break one law, we've broken them all. So the Bible itself, when you look at the Ten Commandments, it deals with outward sin but also inward sin. So as soon as we inwardly sinned in some way, if we didn't love our neighbour as we loved ourselves, straight away we would fall short and we would never be saved. If it was by good works that we're saved, then we could all boast about it, you know, and... I need to know, though, that I'm a sinful person before I can get saved. If I got saved because I was good, I actually wouldn't need salvation. But everybody has sinned one way or the other. What would happen is if it was justification by our works is that some people would be so proud, you know, like, I'm so proud, I've got good works, here I am, I'm in, which is a sin in itself. And others would just be in despair going, it's hopeless for me. I can't ever get saved. We've already failed. And so we need Jesus. Otherwise we're doomed, aren't we? If I was waiting for the time that I was perfect before I could get saved, I'm pretty sure I'd still be walking around lost without Christ, without hope in this world. Would you? I'm pretty sure you would. We'd all be that way. But then we think about Jesus Christ, what he's done for us. And we have been saved and that salvation is meant to produce this higher nature in us. To produce good works in the world around us. Why? Because we're connected with Christ 
And from our union with him flows this amazing power to be nice, to be kind, to be loving to people around us. To look around and see where does someone need some help and help them. And I've shared this message before and, and it's just a simple one. Driving one day, wherever it was, <laughs> and a lady at the side of the road near the roundabout in Palmerston down the bottom near Shell. Peak hour. Cars going past, time after time after time. You could see she was struggling. She had a flat tyre. I went around and, and I said, do you need some help? And she was a little bit like, no, I'm all right, thank you very much. I can do this myself. And I was like, well, perhaps I can help you. Can you get the tyre out? I can't get it out of the boot. Do you know how long she'd been there waiting for someone, anyone to stop and help? One hour. A whole hour. You see, the world often, and we often pass the world by without consideration for the other people that are around us. Am I too busy? Am I a little bit like the, the Pharisees and you know, the, the, the people in the, the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan where I'm actually just a little bit too busy to help in whatever it might be? It might be my work, my this, my that, my other. I've got a meeting to get to. If I stop and help you, I'm going to be five minutes late for my meeting or half an hour late for my meeting. So I don't actually have time to look after you, to be concerned about you, concerned about your needs or, or anything like that. And, and one of the things that you look when you see the life of Jesus is, and it's something someone said once that, that just struck me so much, was that we'd be probably better off to study the stops of Jesus than the steps of Jesus. How often did Jesus stop what he was doing in order to do the good works that his father sent him to do? And people, we're made for good works. We're made to be people that, that are looking around and just being useful in this world, to be the people that, that look for a need and meet it. How can I help? How can I help? And sometimes it's even our own spirituality, the busyness of our, our, our spirituality that gets in the way of that. For example, this morning you went to uh, have a shower, hopefully, and you smell nice and all that sort of stuff. You put on your clothes. You, you're like, I'm going to go and meet with the people of God and you're driving down the highway in your best clothes and you see someone broken down at the side of the road and you're running just that little bit late Should I stop? Shouldn't I? I've got the important things of God to do. Should I stop or shouldn't I? What if I get my nice clothes dirty? Oh, they've probably got a mobile phone anyway. That's how I think sometimes. And they do, they're on their phone. You're making these decisions. But, but there's other times in life where you're just like, I'm just too busy to help. I'm too busy to care, yet, yet when we see Jesus, it said his whole purpose, what it was. She might jump. <laughs> Let's go to James 2, verse 17 and 18. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Did you get that? It's not enough, actually. 
You just say you've got faith. Unless it produces what? Good deeds. It is dead and it's useless. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. That's challenging, isn't it? Because how often do we some, sometimes think that way? Well, now I've got faith. But what's it say there? Faith by itself actually is not enough. There's got to be something in our life where we are, we are converted over to doing good deeds, where the life of Christ now lives in us. You can't say, I've got faith, but be a horrible person. How does that play out in your workplace? I'm a Christian, I go to church. You know, where were you Sunday? What did you do on the weekend? I went to church, I praised the Lord. Someone does you wrong. That's it, I'm not speaking to them for the rest of the week. They do you wrong and normally you'll get them a coffee at the break room and you're like, normally you ask around, do you want a coffee? Yeah, yeah. Today I'm not doing that. They can get lost. <laughs> but can you see how the way we act is a reflection of who God is and, and what he does? Let's go next, James verses, James 2.20 and verse 26. How foolish, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It's challenging, isn't it? And as a Christian, it's not just about I might do something good to those around me, but we are actually called to a higher way of living, of how we treat people, of really loving people, isn't it? Like think of it, love others as you love yourself. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you think you're so amazing, love yourself like we would think. But let me ask you this, if you're hungry, would you eat something? That's loving yourself. In other words, it's saying, I'm going to take care of my needs. If you see, you know, your brother without a blanket and they're shivering in the street and you say, all is well, I'll pray for you. I have faith. And you don't give him a blanket. What's that truly showing? Now, we're all guilty of not being perfect, right? But our heart should be this commitment to the things of God and doing the right thing, doing the good thing, doing the kind thing, doing the lovely thing, doing the pure thing, doing the righteous thing, doing the holy thing. Because we know that the Bible says that we will see God, that, that when, we, when we allow ourselves to be transformed, it's funny, it's like God works in us, but then we see him more clearly as we devote ourselves completely to him. And in fact, our faith and belief grows because we start to live that way. We trust God more, we know God more, we love God more, we see God more in everything, 
we know his hand and we know his touch because we're living that way. It plays out in the body of Christ. Where's help needed? Where do I need to step in? Where do I need to do something? Where's someone struggling? I can see they're struggling. I've got time, but I'm too busy, but I've got time, but I'm not going to commit anything. Let's look at a couple of verses in Titus about being devoted and committed to good works. This is the type of people that we have called to be. He gave his life, that's obviously Jesus Christ, to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. This is a trustworthy saying and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. You see, the commitment that we have to good works must be there. As a Christian, you do not not commit yourself to doing good works. They do not save you. They don't actually really get your brownie points with God, even after your salvation, because as we started, so it is as we move along, that, that we're not made, I don't know, we're not set free from sin because of our good works. We're not loved more by God because of our good works, but we are definitely more obedient to him and his calling when we commit ourselves to live that way, to doing good. And the best thing is that we identify ourselves with Jesus. So let's have a look at Acts 10.38. Love this verse. When they're talking about Jesus, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now the, the result of Jesus being anointed with the Holy Spirit and power was what? All of a sudden, we saw revealed through him the goodness of God through the works that he did because he went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. And shouldn't that be something that we aim to do as well? That when the Holy Spirit works inside of us, we go around doing good and also... We go around healing all those who are oppressed from the devil, no matter what way it might be, whether it's in their emotional need, whether it's in their physical need, whether it's in their spiritual need, whether it's in their entrapment, their bad marriage, whatever it might be, that somehow the power of the Holy Spirit works through us. Why we do the good works is not because we're good, but because Jesus is good and we have been accounted righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have presented holy and faultless before God because of the blood of Jesus Christ and that gives us the power to live out a life for him. What a blessing for the saints, right? What a blessing for the saints. That we are not powerless and hopeless in this world, but we have a God who is big, who wants to work with power in your life, and he wants to empower you to do good. And even further than that, as we look to Jesus as that example, there's something else that we should be doing. Let's have a look at Hebrews. 
chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Pretty relevant to today, isn't it? <laughs> and I can't really remember, like, when I read this verse, you know how you get funny pictures in your mind. But the last time I sat around and had my little think tank going, hey guys, come on, let's, let's think about stuff. Okay, guys, our mission today. We're going to think of ways to motivate each other to good works. Let's spend a little bit of time thinking about that, dwelling on that. What is that like? What does it look like? How am I going to motivate that person to good works? It's a good question to ask yourself, isn't it? Well, it certainly can't happen if you're not meeting together. That's 100% sure. And that's the encouragement we have to continue in fellowship with one another, the body of Christ, living for one another. So we're just going to leave that with us today. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage one another, Christians. Encourage one another. Motivate one another to the good works that Jesus Christ has called you to. And be a follower of Jesus, the one who, when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, went around doing good. And I go back to my start when I talked about Christianity and how hard it is to be of faith. Well, it's not. It's simple as this. Love God, love people. It's as simple as this. Just go around doing good stuff. Big, small. Just go around doing it. Open the door for someone who needs it. Say to the worker, you're doing a great job. Help someone with their shopping. Just go and say good day to your neighbour. Pick up the bit of rubbish that you saw on the ground next to the bin. Simple, right? Yet all these things flow from the love of God and us, Christians. We should be doing those good works. Father God, I just thank you in Jesus' name for your love for us. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be good people. Father, to be kind, to be considerate, to love as we've been loved. Father, I just ask that you forgive us in Jesus' name for the times when we haven't. When we've walked by people that we shouldn't have, when we've said words that have hurt others, 
without apology, without sorrow. Lord, forgive us when we live selfishly, thinking only of ourselves and not the needs of others. Lord, open our eyes to see them, Lord. We can't save the whole world, but Father, we can be like Jesus and just go around doing good. Strengthen us, encourage us to do that today, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, it may be that you've never been saved. You've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. This morning, as we read that first verse from Ephesians, it talked about how none of us are good enough to be saved, including you. You know that. You look at your life and you think, I am so bad. How could Jesus ever want me? I actually can't answer that question because I even say that sometimes myself. God, why? I don't deserve this. But the point is not what I deserve. It's what he's offering to me. And it's his love that compelled him to send Jesus Christ to die for my sin. It wasn't anything I did. I wasn't a nice person and then Jesus came. The world wasn't great, then Jesus came. Oh, you're finally good enough for Jesus. The world was broken and hurt and sick in need of a saviour, just as we are until we receive Christ. You might go, yeah, but I've got to get my act together beforehand. No, you don't. You can't. It's impossible. You've proven it time and time again. You've failed every time. Today I'm just going to ask you to make that step to just trust him and just ask him into your life. Ask him for forgiveness and let him begin a work in you so that he can actually transform you. You're not trying to change yourself. If that's you this morning, and I pray a prayer, you pray with me and then afterwards talk to your friend, talk to your family member that you came with or come up the front and see me. I'll be standing here and just say, hey, I prayed with you to ask Jesus into my life. What's next? Or you're talking to your family member, your friend. I prayed with that guy at the front. What do I do now? That's you this morning. You just pray with me now. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've been wandering away from you for so long. I realize I can't do it myself. Forgive me. Cleanse me from every sin. I want to start again, have a new life. Come into my life today, I pray. From this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one other thing I just want to remind us of who have been born again for a long time. You know, sometimes you go down a wrong path and you know it's wrong. You're trapped in something that you know God doesn't want. And there's times in your life when you think, I've just gone too far. I've just gone too far. I may as well just continue in this now because it's too late. Whatever it might be, the way you're living, the lifestyle you live. I just want to remind you this morning that the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The way you've been living doesn't have to be the way you continue living. Don't ever think it's too late. Don't hide anything from God. He already knows anyway. But there's times when we just need to reset again. I just want to pray for anyone who's like that. You know who you are. If you're here, just pray and you accept this prayer. Father, I haven't actually been living for you properly this morning. I want that to change. I want to give up the things that I'm involved in that aren't of you. Lord, strengthen me now in the name of Jesus. Forgive me. I want to press a reset button. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with that, you must now change the way you live. Change the way you live. Walk away from it. As hard as it might be sometimes, walk away and be obedient to your Heavenly Father. Just a reminder, if you'd like to be baptised next week, please come up the front after the service and we'll have a chat. Apart from that, have a beautiful week.